0: Guys, welcome back to This Is Life Unfiltered. It's episode 111. I cannot believe that this podcast has gone on for so long. And if you are not following the podcast on social media, make sure to follow at T I L U Podcast and my personal social media, which is at Alexa underscore Curtis. So a few weeks ago, I was in Seattle because my best friend canceled, and I wanted to go. And I went on Bands in Town and was like, "What can I do this weekend that I would actually enjoy, even though I'm alone?" And I saw that Autograph was a band that I have loved for a while and was like, oh, they're playing. I'm going to send them a DM with no expectation that they're going to reply. And they replied. And now it's a few weeks after that concert, which was super dope. And we're back in L.A. and I'm with the founders of this amazing band, Michael and Lewis. Thank you for being here with me.
1: Yeah, Thank you for having,
0: having us. Okay, so take us back. This was about six years ago that you guys kind of fell into this and you weren't expecting this to actually become anything. So how and when exactly did this become something?
2: We just started with making some like fun music we just kind of put out there on SoundCloud and see how the traction kind of picked up. And we really wanted to just do this party. It was this pop art Warhol theme party that we threw in Chicago, and it took us probably like three months to plan this party. We built all these crazy art installations for it, and it was just this fun passion project of ours and kind of just took off from there.
0: And you guys are not originally both from Chicago where you are?
2: I'm not. Okay. I was born in Chicago.
0: And then how did you both end up meeting then in Chicago?
1: Uh, Just from the music scene.
0: Happened that you guys
1: actually
0: met. <laughs> well, it's kind of, it's not like if I walked down yeah. the street, went into a bar, I'd meet someone and then I'd start a band. Probably not.
1: No, it's true. Like, I, I was a, a bedroom DJ at the time and I just wanted to find my first DJ gig. And so I did what I thought the sensible thing was to just make like a demo mix, send it to promoters. No one cared, responded to me, or anything. And I didn't really know Michael, but I we knew this girl, like I was I was dating this girl who actually, actually happened to be his ex girlfriend. Oh. Okay. And and so I, I knew he was throwing parties and no one else was giving me a chance, so I asked him, Can I DJ or a party? And he's
2: like, Yeah, sure.
0: Okay, I love this. So no one was giving you a chance, but were people giving you a chance or you were just I wasn't even
2: really even DJing at this point. I was I had this art gallery, like loft space that so was kinda of like this grimy space for we were throwing parties in the basement of it. Um, just to like kind of pay the rent on the space and yeah that's how he played his first gig there and
0: how was that like what was the first experience for both of you do you have like (laughs) memory from when you first yeah of
1: course It, it was like the biggest it was like playing coachella to me at the time because it was the first time i got to play in front of greater than one person yeah and you know i look back at it it was like in some like shitty basement actually i think they rented out a real estate office <laughs> and through like, an illegal party in the basement of the real estate Classic. office. And it was just, like, an art school party or a college party or something. And it was just a bunch of people going crazy there. And I remember I showed up there, like, with a bunch of vinyl because I was trying to, like, be a real DJ and, like, learn on vinyl. And so I showed up with my vinyl, and they had, like, turntables there. But it was a pretty crazy party, so, like, you know, vinyl's kind of difficult because... People bump into it, the needle scratches, the music stops, right? So that that was like happening all night. And then after my set, like the next DJ after me just like shows up with his laptop, plugs in, and then just like rocks the party, destroys it. And it's from the end on out, I was like, oh I'm ditching the vinyl
2: and going digital. So And you? So I was just throwing these parties and I was living with a couple other DJs and everyone was like, Oh, you should just like learn how to DJ as well. You know, open up your own parties and stuff. Um, we had turntables set up in our apartment, and just kind of started learning from my roommates, and had this little like MIDI controller that I was learning on, and.
0: And you went to college, but you didn't graduate. And you went, and you graduated. And what did you each both study?
2: So my background was more in like art and advertising design and things like that. Um, that's why I had the art gallery in Chicago and music kind of just came through those the gallery and the parties and just friends and just the passion for like doing this fun music thing i studied economics
0: oh that's completely different
2: yeah and
1: i moved to chicago to work on the options exchange there okay so i was trading stock options
0: nice
1: and i was doing that you know basically as a nine to five and i was like man i need to do something creative after work and so I tried a bunch of things. I took like a sculpting class, like took some salsa lessons, just random stuff. And, and then I somehow got into DJing and that's what like hooked me. So that was Bef- kind of my...
0: Before we started this episode, you guys asked me what this was kind of about. And that's what I said is this is about showing people when it comes to a nine to five that it's actually much easier to do a nine-to-five than it is to do what you guys do and what I do to, to be an entrepreneur, run your own company. So if, if someone is watching this and is like obsessed with the idea of being a DJ or a blogger or whatever it is, what actually would you tell them is the reality behind what you do? Even though you love it, is it hard?
2: I think you do have to have like a really strong passion for it because you are going to be putting in those 12, 14, 16 hour days sometimes. So having that really strong passion to be able to work more than you would have at that nine-to-five is probably the most important thing i would say
1: mm-hmm.
2: i feel like most people
1: who have their own thing either they're entrepreneur or musicians like us it's like there's no limit to the amount of time you can put into it because it's kind of like your hobby that you're super passionate about like you could either if you're super passionate about it you just want to keep working and never stop and it doesn't feel like work because to you this is like my hobby and yeah. this is fun so even though i feel like I work like four times as much as I did when I had a nine to five. It doesn't feel like work. But where it does put a strain on is like your friendships, your personal relationships, all that, because they don't understand. No. They're done with work and they want to hang. And you're always like, oh, no, I got to do I gotta finish this mix or do something like that. And Sitting
2: there Christmas Eve or yeah. Thanksgiving together. <laughs> That's really lonely. Well, music? At least
0: you guys have each other. Like, most people don't have anyone else. So.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of weird. Um, you're making me think about, like, kind of reflect on this because I feel like it just kind of happens. You're not like, oh man, I'm working so hard. I'm so worn no, yeah. out. All of a sudden, you're like, You're just working on like your project and you kind of like take it to the next step. And it's just like all these mini steps you keep going, you don't even realize where you are. There's not like some grand scheme, you're just, it's just endlessly working on the next thing.
0: I've always been really convinced by the fact that if you start something and you go into it with no expectations, like you guys did, I think that's how you become successful. I think the people who go into something and are like, this is going to make me a million dollars and I'm getting a really famous from this always fail. Um, I think everyone who I've talked to, which is now at this point, like over a thousand people about this who are successful versus not say that. But do you guys agree with that? Because you guys didn't expect this to become anything initially.
1: Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. Because if you did have this expectation, you're always going to be let down, right? Mm-hmm. And like, I it's weird because I, I don't or we don't really ever put goals on yeah. anything. We're just kind of moving along. And as long as we're slowly progressing, that's cool. That's fine. But it's not like a thing like, oh, we need to play Coachella. We made it. Okay, now what? It's, it's never anything like that. It's just like when that, those things do happen, it's like, okay, cool. You know, our, our work is, you know, hard work is kind of paying off. That's pretty it's cool. pretty
2: awesome to look back and like there are these like milestone moments yeah. that are kind of just like these stepping stones that we've taken throughout the years.
0: When you guys first put a song out on SoundCloud, is that how you guys you started putting music out there first? Was there one song that went viral or, or really got big, or was it a progression of time that it took you to really start to see traction with the music you were putting out?
1: It happened. We we put out we put first off we put out ten bootlegs, like basically. 10. What is that? Sorry, it's an unofficial remix.
0: Okay,
1: kind of illegal, but everyone does it. You okay. know, basically you take some someone else's song mm-hmm. and you remix it, and it's not like an official one. And that's how a lot of people or that's how a lot of artists kind of just get get started. Because if you're a brand new artist and you put out original music, you have no audience to listen to. But if you do like we did, we put out like a Marvin Gaye remix. So a lot of people like Marvin Gaye. So they'll give the song a chance and check it out. And they're like, oh, this is dope. And so that's how like before we put out any kind of original, we just kept putting that stuff out. And it's nice from because you get a positive feedback loop. Thing going because early on you know people are digging it they're vibing it and it motivates you to to do more so I think a lot of times that's important but you don't always get that so I
2: was oddly just looking back at our SoundCloud the other day yeah. and we did a remix a bootleg of a Lord track and that's our most played track on SoundCloud <laughs> to this day from like yeah. five years ago or something like that. would you
0: have expected that it would have been that song
2: uh, I
1: don't know, no. I, really. I wouldn't have expected us to have as much music out there as we do now. Yeah, It's like a lot, I can't even count it.
0: I always think about, I'm so fascinated by musicians, because I don't understand how you could, at the beginning of your career, like, stand in front of one person and no one else is there. And then every single day, you get up and you do the same thing and you love it. But at the like end of the day, what if for... 10 years, you guys have been doing this, and it was still that same one person. Would you be here today (laughs) or no?
1: Ooh, that's That's a tough question. Because you all start out with that one person, Mm -hmm. right? And then it becomes two, three, four, five. But,
0: well, that's my question is, does it become, I don't know. Like, does it always, for every artist, become two, three, four, five?
1: Every artist, you kind of hit, like, a plateau moment, right? Or a moment where you decline. But, you know, we're still in the early stages of our career, so we still feel the growth so it's we're still getting this positive feedback from it now i'm not sure how we'll react when things you know start going reverse like it's for most people
2: it eventually does like even
0: you mean like less people start coming or just no matter
2: how big of an artist you are i think unless you like retire at a certain point Mm -hmm. there's going to be a point where not as many people are coming to your or unless you die or you die yeah you
1: know you could die when you're on top and then you're
2: immortalized yeah
1: but i don't recommend that no (laughs) (laughs) hopefully not No, but, I, I like, look at old pop bands or pop acts from the 90s. You know, they don't have, like, a newer fan base. Mm-hmm. That's just what happens. So I feel like eventually everyone's career can go down. But I think a lot of times people, like, just get interested in other things. Like, oh, I just want to start doing movie scores and things like that. So, like, everyone's, like, career evolves with their own interests
0: is there kind of a fear that you or you found that other artists have found that that is a common fear that like what if one day because i think like as an entrepreneur that there might be a day what if one day it's like this just all ends or like no one new starts to follow me and, and it's just all gone like that's a fear that i feel like entrepreneurs for what i do have but is that a common thing kind of with with artists
1: i almost feel that it's not a fear because I feel like as you grow as a person and as an artist, you're kind of, like, when you first started out, like at least for us, we were, we were really into just party, you know, like, that's why I was, yeah. Like I was really into the DJ culture and the life and all that, and, like, your job is to rock a party, and I love that, and then when we first started touring, that was brand new and exciting, and we've done a lot of touring, but I could see how, like, eventually, it'd be cool just to make music and put it up to stream and and Do that and like not tour forever, yeah. You know, like I think you just kind of evolve, and so, like, even let's, let's say, like, less people are coming to your shows, I think a lot of people are, would be fine with that because they're moving into a different phase of their life,
0: sure. But it's also kind of cryptic to think, why would less people go to your shows?
2: People get older, I, th- I mean, I think you understand it from like a fan's perspective as well, yeah. Like, there's a lot of acts that I really loved back in the day that I just don't go out as much anymore, sure. <laughs> so, <laughs> I would be part of that fan base of theirs that they lost. You know? Yeah, but
0: I think your guys' music also, it's not like you're 12 years old listening to Hannah Montana. Like, yeah. I could listen to you to autograph all, all the time, even if I was older and, like, at a party. Yeah. But I also started listening to you as I was older and had already yeah. found myself.
1: Yeah. You know, I, I say all this, but then I was really surprised because at our LA show this past weekend, uh, he asked the question, how many of you have seen us before? And people raised their hands. It was only, like, a quarter of the room. I was yeah. like... Come on, guys. Like, really, how many have you seen? Then I asked the question how many of you guys have not seen us? And the majority of the people have never seen us before. So I was thinking here, like, most of these people are, like, you know, fans that have been with us from yeah. the beginning. But no, a lot, all those people at the show, the majority of them were brand new fans. Yeah. So maybe I'm just wrong. You should just, like, delete the last 10 minutes of whatever time. No! Oh, my God. <laughs> no, no. It's, it's honest.
0: I mean, I guess, but I could also see it from, like, I really don't go to concerts. Like, I went to your guys, but I've been listening to your music for quite a while. I just happened to be there. But I'm not, like, a person... What is your
2: first time at one of our shows, even though you've been listening to our music? Yeah,
0: but that doesn't mean, you know, I wasn't a fan yeah. of the music. I just, I, like, don't frequently go to concerts. You know what I mean? Like, I unless it was, like, a friend of mine or something, I would rather do something else on a Saturday night. Yeah. So I guess you're, like, kind of asking maybe the wrong person. But I don't know. I feel like that's almost better, because that would show... Otherwise, again, you could face the same thing as it's like it's the same 10 people in the audience or the same 100 people instead of yeah. newer people. And when you first went on stage, what is that moment? Because for people who don't know, they must be fascinated by actually being a musician. What is that moment when you get on stage? Is it like petrifying?
1: Well, that show is interesting because there, we decided to not make the stage where you perform. Okay. We put the art on the stage. So peop, we wanted people ah, to be okay. on stage and we put ourselves on the ground on the floor. Mm-hmm. But I see what you're saying. Like, sure. I, I,
2: even though that was like the first autograph show, we were DJing separately, like the loft parties, and we had some club residencies in Chicago before that. So it wasn't like this was our very first time DJing. That was like a really slow build up from going, from throwing like these tiny little loft parties and then finally getting some club residencies. Yeah. And so just kind of, it was like a really slow progression until we were at this point where we launched autographs as a project.
0: And what about your families? Because you were doing something corporate and mm-hmm. now you're completely not. And you didn't even, I, I can't vouch. I didn't even go to college. So my family probably hates me, but like <laughs> you didn't pass college. Yeah. So how did they now, obviously they're proud of you, I assume. But when you were first starting, was this like a, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> or like, yeah, let's yeah. go do it.
2: My it's, mom was really worried. <laughs> it's definitely yeah. not. Yeah. yeah do it. I don't think it's ever. Yeah. My mom was really worried about like my financial stability. Um, just, just even before this, when I was, like, trying to do, like, the art stuff, even that was, like, not super financially stable as a 9-to-5, so, you know. But I, I was doing stuff like bike messaging and stuff like that, I guess, to pay my bills when I mm-hmm. back then, so it, just kind of working odd-end jobs. But she was definitely worried and thought, like, you should go back to college and, like, go into, like, some sort of science or math field. <laughs> was
0: there a part that ever wanted to, uh, like, that you wanted to listen to her? Because I talked to so many young people, and they're like... I really want to do this, but my mom is so against it. Or I really want to do this, but my dad says I have to go to college like he did. And then they don't want to do it because of they're afraid of what their parents think.
2: Hmm. There was, I mean, there was a point where I was working for an advertising agency. And, you know, I was thinking maybe I would stay there and work there. But I guess just this desire to, like, really create something that was your vision and not someone else's vision kind of overthrew that for me. Yeah. yeah.
0: What about you? I just didn't
1: listen to my parents. <laughs> I knew they were upset, but I was just like, I'm gonna do what I want to do.
0: But had you left your job to go full time with Autograph, or was there a period of time where you were doing both?
1: Uh, for sure, there's always a period of time where you're doing both. Okay, because I I kind of get asked this question a lot, but not just musicians, like with also like aspiring videographers mm-hmm. and stuff, where they have a a full time job and they want to do this, they want to do their their passion project full time. How do you do it? You know. And, and from my experience, it was basically just not sleeping for two years, mm-hmm. you know, because I would go to my day job, and then after my day job, I would do my passion project, working on DJing and DJing all these parties
2: late night. And then, I remember we had, like, this Thursday day residency at this yeah. bar in Chicago, and... We would often like end that at two AM and then like go back to his place with friends and like he would we'd still be DJing there and then he had to always work in the morning. Yeah, yeah.
1: I don't think I'd be able to do it now. But back then I was just on some crazy amazed by how fun it was. Yeah. And
2: And it was it was amazing fun times. Yeah, the early days
1: I I would tell most people like really cherish the early days with anything. Yeah. Because those are always the most magical, I feel.
0: Was there ever a time after you kind of started putting out music and getting traction that you were then like, you know, can we do this and can we make this into something? Or were you both always just so like, this is going to happen now that we're seeing results from it? Like, we could give up now or we could keep going and there's a possibility that this won't become anything. Does that Um, make
1: sense? I don't know if it makes sense, but... Like, yeah. I would say that we weren't worried about trying to make money off of it we're more worried about just giving good experiences to people to people that thing is the most thing or just like building the project too even to this day a lot of times we don't worry about like how much money the project's making yeah it's like is the show cool is the music dope is you know the visuals and the art dope you know those those are the questions we ask and when when you have dope shit you know people will pay for it I guess. It could be a bumper yeah. sticker. Yeah. <laughs> how much
0: of this is hard work and how much of it is luck for any anyone who's success, successful?
2: I think a lot of it is hard work. Yeah. I mean, you have to get lucky but yeah, a lot of it's You hard. know but I think that the more hard work you put in the more chances at that lucky those little lucky breaks you have so you know you just got to keep going at it and like trying and trying and trying because you're going to fail like hundreds of times before something sticks mm-hmm. and if you give up after like two or three failures then
1: Sure. I, I no. think I think everyone kind of has their their strengths and weaknesses. I I always feel like like we were not the most talented, but I feel like we will always work our ass off. What do you mean? Not and the most talented. I just feel like there's way more talented like technical musicians out there.
0: But do that. you say that because everyone else probably says that? I, mean, yeah, I, I just
1: know personally. I I didn't come from a music background. You know, like sure, I played like violin for one year when I was seventh grade and (laughs) and took guitar lessons in high school a little bit, but beyond that, I didn't have much musical background. Like, I started DJing not really knowing too much about music. I, when I first started DJing, I couldn't even count the beats, I couldn't figure out what was going on in these songs. I was just like so confused. But, like, I feel like everyone has their own advantage. My advantage was that I just don't stop working. Now, other people may be way more talented naturally yeah. and not have to work as hard, but you just got to know your strengths. Like, all I'm saying is, like, if you are super talented, it's awesome. Like, don't waste it. And if you're not talented, that doesn't matter. You can make up for it in other ways. Yeah. So...
0: But as, like, someone from the outside, when I was at that Chicago show, and, like, I've seen Kaigo and Ibiza, all of those people, it was then the same level of that energy. So I would say that it was... Well, we've been doing it for a while now. So yeah. But There's still, a difference,
1: yeah. Well, what I'm saying is, like... There's people who are just born to be like Mozart. Yeah. Right? And then I I feel like well I guess I
2: couldn't grab a guitar and shred on it right <laughs> no. now. <laughs> like some Sure. Someone who like graduated Berkeley College of Music could, you know? Yeah. Like they're more technically talented yeah. than that okay. aspect of me. Yeah, That's it's
1: funny. just <laughs> like even making music, like some people make music really fast. You know, like, I I don't think we're one of those. But I think also
0: being able to evaluate what you're, like, what you're very good at and what you really like, it Mm -hmm. kind of evens out then with the things that make you I think
1: having, like, taste is important, Mm -hmm. because you can be very talented musically and have bad taste, especially in electronic music, or as a DJ, like, a lot of times that's, that's important, like, actually more important.
2: And on the reverse side, there are, like, some super talented producers or musicians who kind of overcomplicate things and it doesn't really resonate well with other people. Yeah. That's cool because that's what they want to do. But I think in terms of like maybe them reaching a certain like level of success like in like a mainstream world, it's a little more difficult because of like how niche they're creating.
1: Because I, I always feel like there's always this like, there's always this talk about like this imposter syndrome. Yeah. Right. It's real. No, it's so real. Because I, I think back at all the times that I've been so bad at so many things we do at, at some point in our career. I remember the first time we got on the microphone it was awful. <laughs> not even the first time, like the first 50 times. Yeah. We could not talk on a microphone like in front of an audience. And I just feel like a lot of people feel like, oh, I'm just not good enough at XYZ. I just think you just need to know like, yeah, you're going to suck. Everyone sucks. But just do it. Keep failing and keep failing and you're just going to eventually succeed. Like I feel like the I, I, it's that kind of cliche that people who fail the most succeed. Yeah. It, right? I so. always
0: tell people to look, like those, I don't even like to work, use the word failure because every time it's like you fuck up or you make a mistake, you're growing in that process. Yes. So it's hard to think of it as a failure. If you, like if someone's listening to this right now and is like, I am obsessed with DJing or music or whatever, what would you say? Cause when you guys started, like SoundCloud was not as big as it is right now. It probably wasn't as saturated. Right. So if someone right now was trying to start, They might not have the kind of success you've had because there's so much out there right now. It's
1: still a similar process. Really?
0: What would you say? What would be the first thing?
1: I feel like it's still like if you're trying to be like a DJ and electronic artist and trying to get your name out there and generate internet buzz or hype, it's still like doing bootlegs and remixes. Or that's one side of it. Another side is like doing tutorials and that stuff. Like, okay, like there isn't like hype machine anymore like soundcloud is still there that's where all the soundcloud rappers blew up like soundcloud is still a legitimate platform and then there's there's tiktok you know there's people just going viral on tiktok (laughs) (laughs) i mean there's there's always going to be a viral platform yeah and it's like how do you utilize it It, the platform changes but you know if you're starting brand new it's it's just about finding a way that people can like connect with the or Maybe just relate to you for someone they've never heard before. Yeah. And I feel like with music a lot of times it's like doing
2: remixes of, you know, Billy Eilish songs. Yeah. You
1: know? And
2: then once you start having those eyes on you, I think it's about building those kind of personal connections sure. with people where they start to become interested in you as the project as opposed to the people that like you're attaching, like, you know, you're doing a Billie Eilish remix, so like obviously they'll get eyes on it because of that. But eventually, you know, they start to value you as an artist and want to see your original music. So it's kind of this building process it's so, just
1: having friends like both, yeah. Like everyone is kind of like there's going to be a ton of people who are on your level right when you're starting out and it's as long as that community of people are supporting each other yeah. that's pretty powerful so I would definitely say you know go make friends within Connected your scene your, niche. your musical yeah. scene yeah
0: How do you guys think that you've managed to stay so humble because it's like funny to see you in that environment like actually at a concert and then (laughs) now it's a unique type of humbleness because there's got to be like moments when you're on that stage where you're like is this really happening right
1: yeah yeah Yeah. I mean I I think friends and like girlfriends tell me that all the time like like whoa you on stage is like a different beast yeah sexy yeah. like me in real life I'm just like just I like to date myself or tell how much I suck at everything that's
0: funny yeah, so well every yeah. girl wants to date a guy in a band uh, ok so I have one last question for you so if uh, someone is listening right now and has been putting out music for say a year and a half and is like this isn't working I'm getting no followers nothing and they're remixing your music and Billie Eilish's what, what advice do you have for them do they keep doing it do they go get a traditional job
2: I mean, you could, uh, like, I guess it depends. Like, there's always, like, you could try to rebranding yourself and, you know, kind of relaunch, like, the image of yourself maybe and, like, all that stuff. And, you know, you're probably still working your 9-to-5 as you're building a project, so just don't quit your 9-to-5 yet. And if it's really you're that passionate about it, you're just going to keep doing it. And there's a lot of people that I think never really succeed, but they do it for years and years because you're just passionate about it and you want to just keep doing it. So maybe your end goal shouldn't be to, like, be a touring DJ it mm-hmm. should be like I want to create content that I'm proud of and I want to put out to the world
0: and that's when you get more of a response anyway is when you're doing it almost in that sense versus like I want to do this like this is what my version of success is because it always is so different and changes yeah, yeah. any advice?
1: I, I think there's, there's no shortage of things you could do to try and propel your career yeah. I think what matters is like how passionate is this person at doing it if they're kind of passionate, sure they come home from work, they might put an hour and two into it. Okay, cool. But the guy who's like, even more passionate, staying up till five in the morning, than going to work at seven, that person's probably going to succeed. Yeah. So it's really up to you. You know, like like, screw it. You know, just keep it as a hobby. Don't expect too much out of it. But if you just can't stop thinking about it, in every waking moment of your life, that's all you want to do, then I think. There's plenty of opportunities out there for you to make it.
0: It's kinda of like the one percent of people who succeed are the ones who just never give up and then the ninety nine percent of people are like, This is too hard and then they give up, but they if they had maybe kept doing it, they would have been successful.
1: Yeah, I've seen yeah. I've seen it a lot. I mean, yeah. We've seen a lot because you know, we always interact with like the like up and coming community and and there's people who say they're into it and they're into it for a little bit, but then I just don't see them put in the kind of work that the other guy mm-hmm. is who is crushing it. So, really, that's all it is. Like, I'm not telling you, like, go work more. It's just, it matters. It's just up to you. Yeah. How much do you want it? How much do you love it?
0: I have one one last question. In 10 years from now, what would be your guys' moment where you've, like, I've made it. I'm the, whatever, like, the Beethoven of this (laughs) alternative, like, generation of music.
2: I don't think there is that point. You know, as an artist, you're always just striving to do more. It's always changes. Yeah.
1: Cause you always want to keep it interesting for yeah. yourself. So I feel like whatever I think is cool now, I'm not going to think it's cool in 10 years. So yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
0: trying to think 10 years from now. Yeah. I don't know that it would be, I would think the same thing is cool. I'll think yeah. you guys are cool in 10 years. So I'll remember that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Where can everyone find you yeah, guys yeah. on social media? Uh, and give me like your next three shows after next Wednesday. Cause that's when this
1: airs
2: so socials it's autograph music spelled with an f so a-u-t-o-g-r-a-f music kind of across the board or if you just want to
1: check out our music go on spotify yeah search for autograph with an f at the end or you know google has a pretty good search function you can find a bunch crazy of i've never heard of google what is that <laughs>
0: wait i never even actually asked how autograph even became a name why that name
2: it was about this idea of What we do in life, we kind of leave behind for others, and kind of the most physical thing is that you you leave your signature, you leave your autograph. Oh, got it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: All right, guys, that's a wrap. That's episode 111. Thank you for tuning into this. Um, Since it's Wednesday, it's about three weeks before the Be Fearless Summit. I have no plans to cancel this if I literally have to rent out the entire city of Berkeley. But if God forbid something happens, if you follow the summit page, which is at Be Fearless Summit, you can see everything there. But as of right now, things are going smoothly. So thank you for following along with that too. I hope it continues to go up and not down. Uh, Make sure to follow them on social media as well as the summit and the podcast which is at TILU podcast and I'll see you next week for episode 112 bye guys
2: thanks for having us